This is the Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for Peer Support podcast. Our goal in this podcast is to provide you with information, whether you are a law enforcement officer or first responder, to help you deal with your everyday stressors. Uh, welcome to today's podcast. We are continuing our conversation with retired Lieutenant Brian Murphy. Brian, appreciate you being with us today. Also, we have with us on the podcast Tim Falk. He is our clinical director of Al Leaps. And also Heath Carpenter. Uh, he's retired lieutenant criminal investigator with Alabama Law Enforcement. And thank you guys for being with us. My name is Keith Frith. And Brian, um, man, really, really great uh, for you to, to share. And uh, I was uh, captivated by your story, and, and I know that our listeners will be as well. Really hoping that our listeners will pass this along because it's going to be helpful for a lot of those first responders. And uh, Tim, open us up. Brian, you said a lot of powerful stuff that first go around uh, in the podcast that I think are so important and that we really teach and emphasize in our peer support training. And it's always good to hear reinforcement that somebody's been there, that's experienced what you have, that says, hey, this stuff does work. Uh, so I appreciate you doing that. And what we want to do, we, we talked kind of in general last time, and what Heath has done is kind of put some questions together, kind of pull all this together for us. So I'm going to ask him to just kind of lead out with this, if you don't mind, and let's kind of go from there, okay? Sounds good to me. Thanks, Lieutenant. Hey, you, you really painted a good picture that this was just a calm, peaceful, everyday Sunday morning and nothing nothing out of the ordinary. And that's what, it, that's what cops all over the place are, are dealing with every day, just uh, not know what's uh, coming up next. Um, I, we talked offline, but I understand that that after you were shot 15 times and the situation was brought under control just a little bit, um, they, brought, they sent you medical care and, uh, and, sent, and, and you waved them off. Uh, ex- explain that to me, please. I, so I, the, the last shot that I took uh, hit me in the back of my head and uh, that one kind of pancaked me down and put me out for a couple of seconds. Uh, and then when I was able to shake it off, uh, I, I continued moving. Uh, I was attempting to get back to my squad. Uh, and I realized, all right, I got I to sit here for a second. So I just propped myself up on an elbow and uh, I looked at my, my injuries. And to be honest with you, I didn't think I was all that bad. Uh, so when the, and, and the other part of this, too, is they were already uh, I, I called out one dead in the parking lot. It turns out it was two. Uh, and then in my head, there were, if that person was dead and I know there was shoot, I can't imagine what happened inside the temple. And that was my main point of concern is, you know, did he go back? Did, you know, other additional shooters, uh, you know, we need to render aid. So when I was up on, I, I was up on an elbow when, uh, my guys came to do a officer rescue, which, by the way, if you don't practice that religiously, you're doing it wrong. Uh, because an officer weight in full gear is not doing it in training. And when you're in full gear, total different story. But uh, so when my, my buddy Mike came, I, I all I could think of was, man, we got to get inside. We got to go help those people. So 
I was waving them off and uh, Mike uh, looked at me and he saw, no, you're, you're a mess. So they were able to get me back to my squad and uh, yeah, and in the back of the squad, I was able to, you know, talk to him, explain to him where I was shot and how many shooters and stuff like that. And again, it went so much of it went back to me that I'm the lieutenant. Where I go, they're going. If I'm yelling and screaming, then everybody's wavelength is completely off. We're not. We're not in control. We're just. Uh, reactive and 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 I I didn't want to have that. I wanted everybody to to be able to think clearly because this is we're in a life and death situation now. This has to be it has to be level headed and uh, a consistent approach amongst everybody. They they put protect and serve on our cars, but but when you live it out and you put it into action and and have that control. Um, that's a, that's a good example for every, all the rest of us to to look at and and to follow. And uh, we a lot, a lot of times we can do that when something's going on. Uh, looking back on all of this, how how did this? Uh, what type of supports did you have uh, with your community, with your your family, your agency, peers? So prior prior to uh, the shooting, we didn't have a peer support group in the PD. Uh, we did after the fact, uh, but. In Milwaukee County and Milwaukee Police, who are uh, a much bigger agency, they're a two thousand person agency. They did have peer support, so they had people there. Uh, for me, they had them there. Uh, separate one from my wife. Uh, that the support we got from the C community was a, a, nothing short of amazing. I mean, that was just an outpouring worldwide. Uh, from the Sikh community then, and and they still do. Uh, so, and, and the community itself, the city of Oak Creek, man, they came to they came together very quickly. Uh, our mayor, Steve Scafidi, did a great job. Uh, there was a candlelight vigil. Uh, then President Obama's wife came, and that was all surface stuff. And I know that sounds sideways, but that doesn't necessarily help you when you're in trouble it's it's a nice thing and but it's not having someone to talk to it's not how do you explain it to your kids how does somebody explain hey this is a church i go to or a church i drive by that something bad happened uh we brought in then it was also our second active shooter uh we had one at a hotel uh, years prior so we did bring in a bunch of mental health professionals from that from the county uh, and they set up facilities that uh, anybody involved could go to. So they they did a very good job uh, with the outside, but I don't believe we did enough for our law enforcement personnel. I think we expected uh, them to come through because we always come through. And the answer is mm, that's not always true. Or you can, through, but that, that you ain't gonna look the same you did when you started. You know what I mean? That's just not the way it works. And uh, but we we failed a couple of people, and and since then it's gotten better. Seems like so many things. Uh, when something bad happens, the the correction is the response to it, uh, and to correct those failures. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. How how did this affect your career, your family, um, 
your your sense of purpose and faith and and everything that you that you believed and worked for at the time you know it's a it's a weird thing i I've obviously i had to retire i my just the amount of physical injury i had i and I, I did get to the point now that, you know, I was 50, I was 49 when I got shot. And then I retired six months later when it was kind of handed to me that, hey, maybe if you want to stay, we could make a position for you in the detective bureau. And I said, you didn't make one before, so don't make one now. I can either do the job or I can't. And that's that. And, and thank so that, you know, some of the time is just me coming to terms with, all right, this is not something I'm going to do anymore. And and that was probably, for me, at least one of the hardest parts. Uh, I was right in the middle of getting my master's. I was writing my thesis at the time. Uh, my, my plan was to go on into emergency management, one class away from my FEMA certification, and then it's gone. And, and I think that's fed. And, and again, anything I'm talking to you about is just from my perspective. That was the hardest part is now, what do I do? Where do I go? And how do I do it? And, and it, it took a while. It took a, it took a good long time for me to realize, all right, you know, to do something, you know, and I was fortunate the guy who uh, owned the company that made my body armor, uh, Matt Davis up at Armor Express, he had me come out in the January uh, after I got shot to shot show out in uh, Vegas. And we were talking and, and you'll appreciate this. I hope you guys appreciate this. We were talking and uh, he says, Hey, we got this uh, save program. And so, okay, what do you do? He goes, I'll ah, give you a plaque and you know, give you a shirt. And I just looked at him. I go, I, I can build a freaking garage with all the plaques I got on. And, and he, he looked and he goes, that's not enough. And I go, no. He's like, well, what should we do? I said, somebody should be there to answer the phone. And somebody should be there to talk to guys who are involved in car accidents, stabbing, shootings, wearing a vest, and you're alive. And I said, that's what you need. You need someone to talk to, someone who's been through something, who can, you have, a, you have a, you know, something in common with. And then to, to Matt's credit, he turned around. He's like, you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, actually, I, I, I don't think I mind doing that. So I've been doing that since 2013. Uh, but not everybody avails itself to. And, and you know, if you, if you get shot, you get stabbed. There's not a thousand and thousand um, amongst the, you know, the law enforcement population. It's very small. And the one thing I learned is when this stuff happens, you feel like you're on an island and there's nobody to talk to, nobody that understands you. And that's just a matter of getting you in touch with the right people, because there are people out there who are willing to help, who are trained to help. And at the time, we didn't have it, but, but we do now. And I do get the opportunity to, whether they call themselves peer support or uh, CST or whatever, I think it's imperative that every state in the country mandates it. We do good to protect and look after, solve everybody else's problems. But, but when it's dark and when it's quiet, uh, we, we have to face our own. And uh, we don't do so well with that as a, 
as a profession. You know, that's, it, it takes a lot of courage to, to mention that, to say that, because, but it's the, it's the reality. Um, what uh, lessons learned? Lessons learned. Uh, don't work for anybody else if you can help it. Don't swap shifts. I always do that. I, and I mean this sincerely. I have a plan B. And by that, I, I, I think it's, and this isn't just a, in regards to shooting. I've seen guys that I work with who were coppers for, you know, 35, 40 years. And that's all they had. And then when they retired, one of the first, when I was out in Jefferson, one of the first things I remember is the guy who retired, he was a sergeant, 36 years, three months later, killed himself. Didn't have the job anymore. And the answer is that there's more to life than just the job. There's more people out there than just cops, other cops. No other people have other interests, do other things, uh, because you don't know when the job is going to end. And, and that's just the way it is. You know, I, we had, we had a guy on my shift was going to a very simple fender bender. Uh, and he got hit, you know, uh, side just blasted in the side and the computer went to his leg and that caused a flesh eating bacteria and he almost lost his leg. So this is right before shift change. This is a minor accident. Nothing he did was wrong. And now it's gone. It's all gone. And that's one of the things Tom and I talked about was that's the hardest part. There's no plan B. If you, if you didn't already have one in place, that's the, one of the hardest parts is what do I do now? What good am I now? Because when you're a cop, you know your purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Well, what do I have? And the answer is you got a lot. But you, you need to at least have that deceiving at least of something else. And to me, that's that. And if you're not talking to your family, shame on you. I I think all of us uh, in in the law enforcement think, I'm not going to go home and tell them. They don't need to know what's going on. And that what you're doing is pushing them away. And that's that's not a good place to be because coming coming from somebody who had both hands and casts for multiple months, yeah, when you're a grown man and uh, somebody has to take care of business for you, it's good to have a conversation before that happens and not after. So, you know, those are the things that, again, you don't get to pick when bad things happen. But you get you do get to plan and you do get to make uh, relationships and and uh, and and build build other things in your life besides law enforcement, because. It ends, for all of us, it ends one way or another. Whether you retire, you quit, something happens, you know, have to have something else in your life. That's fantastic. Um, and just, and finally, from the survivor's mindset, from that warrior's place, uh, what advice do you give and offer for cops that are strapping on a vest and gun belt every day now? And what can we expect uh, to hear from you uh, at our conference? Hey, very simple, you never quit. You don't quit now. You don't quit tomorrow. You don't quit on the small things because when you start quitting on the small things, when big things happen, it's a habit that you form. So whatever you do today, it's got to be the best. Every day has got to be the best. And you got to push yourself just that little bit every day. 
because when it happens and it's on you, there is no more thinking. It's just who you are, what you fall into. And, and, you know, the, uh, everybody like, you know, what is it? uh, Good cops never wet, hungry or whatever. And the answer is really, I don't know. There's guys out there now that right by me, it's, we got 60 mile, 60 mile an hour winds. And it's like minus 10 with the wind chill. There's guys out there swinging traffic and freezing their ass off. It happens. It, it, it just does, but that you don't stop. And then I had a, a save uh, guy who was shot a bunch of years ago, hit me up last night. He's like, that's something to do with this case. Guy was going to get resentenced. And he goes, I think I'm going to quit. And I said, I promise you, I will drive to Indiana and slap you right in the mouth. <laughs> I, I said, you're a good man. You do a good job. Why would you let somebody else do that? That's, and it, that's all I needed to hear. So you don't give up. You don't, don't ever let anybody change your course of where you're, where you're putting yourself in life. And, and that's, to me, that's from when I was three to now I'm 60. It's always that way. It's always got to be a little bit more, a little bit of a push because, you know, that that's when bad things happen is when we get comfortable. So stay out of your comfort zone. Brian, uh, thank you so much for sharing with us. This is priceless information. You think about the hours that go into training for law enforcement and this type of training and information, it's as important as any other training you receive because you just never know what you're going to face. And so I so appreciate Tim and Heath, these guys locally, and then this conference that's coming up that Brian's coming to and all that Brian has to offer, just encourage you to go to our website, alleaps.org, where you can sign up. And this may be something that you can reach out to a peer in law enforcement or a first responder and say, this is absolutely a conference you need to go to. So we're going to have a meal for the spouses on Monday night and then Tuesday's the conference. Hope that you'll go and register at our website. And you can check out this podcast on Spotify and Podbean. Encourage you to do that. And our Facebook is Al Leaps. That's Alabama Law Enforcement Alliance for peer support. Hope that you'll check that out as well. Thank you for being with us, Brian. And thank you guys for joining us for the podcast. And to our listeners, uh, listen for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Lieutenant. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening. For more information and resources, visit our website, alleaps.org. If you have any questions or want to suggest a topic for a future episode, email us at alleapspodcast at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-E-A-P-S podcast at gmail.com. The Alleaps Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Facebook.